Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. On this week's episode, we sit down with Dan and Linda Prince to talk about the providence of God. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by Miss Linda and Mr. Dan Prince. Guys, thanks for joining us so much. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Uh, maybe you just want to get started and maybe just share a little bit about uh, yourselves, uh, who you are, um, family, that kind of thing. My name is Linda Prince. I've uh, been a Christian since I was about nine years old. Uh, my, We have four children between the two of us and uh, have uh, 17 grandkids and uh, 10 great grandkids. <laughs> so they keep us pretty busy. Big family. <laughs> Big family. <Yeah. laughs> Big family. So. Um, Mr. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. I did. I went much for church for a, for a long time. And uh, we got going to a small church in Tennessee up there. And I guess, I don't know. I wasn't really interested in it, to be honest with you. So I went deer hunting one one day, sitting up in this tree, and I had the strangest feeling come over me. Deer was all around me. I couldn't shoot none of them. I came down out of the tree and went straight to the preacher's house and got saved. Hmm. And it's just part of our life, I reckon. Yeah, it's really crazy, you know, people, um, a lot of times, you know, people think, oh, well, you got to get saved in a church, or, you know, you got to hear a preacher, but I think it's cool to hear how God, you know, mm-hmm. when, so when, when you're sitting in the deer stand, like, what, what were you thinking, like, what made you think about that? I was just uneasy, you know, mm-hmm. I just thought, I got to get down out of this tree and go. Yeah. So, I got down, hollered at my friends, told them, said, we got to go. Well, everybody in my family was praying for him. So <laughs> yeah, awesome. He didn't, he didn't stand so. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. Well, um, maybe uh, just share a little bit about uh, the story. Um, I had no clue, and I don't think Pastor Shane did either when y'all told him about it. But um, maybe just share a little bit about um, the story that you guys told him, and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Well, we was in church, and uh, I didn't feel like going to Sunday school that day and I went on home and uh got in there and uh was sitting there watching TV and got up and went in the uh kitchen and got the uh cell phone or not cell phone, cordless phone. Went back in and laid it down on the love seat and I went to sit down and when I did a truck come through the wall. Not me across the room into the entertainment center and everything and uh somehow i don't know if it's adrenaline or what but i got up and called linda and told her i said there's a truck in the house and you need to come home and that was the last i remembered until the ambulance got there but my body moved the inter- interior wall about six inches, and it was anchored in concrete. Mm. That's how hard the truck come through <laughs> the wall. 
The only thing kept him from running over me was his back wheels caught on the foundation of the house. Hmm. And that's all that kept him running over me. That's crazy. Yep. Crazy. <laughs> so, so when the truck came through the house, obviously a truck coming through a house is a not something that happens every day. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. And, and I'm sure you didn't have much time to think much of anything. <laughs> um, but when you finally you know, came to your senses, what, what were your initial thoughts? Like there's a truck sitting in your house. You know, you're sitting in your living room, hurt, obviously, um, uh, but you're not dead. So maybe just share a little what you were thinking, if, if anything. I wasn't thinking nothing, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. He was unconscious until we got to the hospital. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> well, right before we went to the hospital, he started talking out of his head a little bit. But it, from my perspective, he he called me. I had stopped at the store to get something for lunch that day, and and uh, leading up to that, if it no, under normal circumstances, we would have had our eighteen month old granddaughter with us because we had gotten in the habit of keeping her every Saturday night to let her parents have date night and everything, and. Uh, but for some reason, the night before, I just told him, I said, y'all need to take her home. I said, I just, I'm not sick or anything, but I just don't feel like messing with a little one tonight. And so for the first time in a year and a half, she went home with her parents on Saturday night. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, but anyway, normally, if on Sunday mornings, if she was fussy, she would go home with Dan and would it would have been out there with him in that room because that was their his man cave or whatever that was their playroom and uh but he called me it's i had called him and told him i was stopping to get something to eat and he said okay and he went back out in the den and sat down and about that time the truck hit him well he came to enough to call me and tell me that i needed to come home there was a truck in the house and i said what <laughs> and he said, there's a truck in the house and about that time the phone went dead well that scared the daylights out of me and so i Jump, ran, jumped back in the truck, took off to the house, and by the time I got there, there was like uh, three fire trucks, two ambulances, and two police cars mm-hmm. out there and blocking the driveway. So I couldn't, I had to go around the horseshoe that we lived on, and I pulled up in the yard, and this cop comes running over there, and he says, You can't do that. And I said, Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> I own this place. And he said, Oh, okay. And I said, Where's my husband? And he says, We don't know. And of course, that made my you know stomach drop even more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started towards the house, and they stopped me and wanted to know where the keys, to, uh, where the yes. gas and the electricity was. So I gave them the keys and told them where it was. And I started to the house again, and this paramedic says, "You can't go in there." And I said, "If you can't find my husband, I can't. I'm going in there." <laughs> so I went uh, towards the house, and about that time, the policeman says, "Ma'am, I think they're bringing your husband out the front door." And they didn't want me going up there. And I said, I'm going to find out whether he's at least alive or not. <laughs> you know, by the time I got close, I could hear him talking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't making any sense, but I could hear him talking. And so I thought, well, at least he's alive. So I followed the ambulance to the hospital. And uh, they uh, did all kinds of tests and everything to make sure. It, and it turned out he had nothing but some cuts and bruises. And But what was so all inspiring to me and and that I could tell God's hand was on this whole thing was that the interior wall looked like 
a bomb had exploded in there. There were shrapnel pieces of concrete and mortar and everything on that whole wall except for one place. And it looked like somebody had just leaned over Dan and just protected him. There was no no cuts, no, you know, no mortar, nothing in that one area. And it was right next to the door going into the rest of the house. And uh, the police, the fireman told me, he says, if that truck had come into your house another six inches, he said he would have run over Dan, plus it would have hit a gas fireplace that we had out there that was connected to the main gas line, so the whole house would have blown up. After we started putting things back together, we found out that there was a gas leak outside that we didn't know about. So all of this was working, you know, we could tell it was God's hand through the whole thing. Yeah. And the man that, what happened was that the man uh, that came through the truck, I mean through the wall, he had had a heart attack. He had been told he only had 50% of his heart and that he needed a pacemaker but he didn't want to get one, so he just kept driving around, and, and uh, he came up the road that we lived on the corner of, and when he hit the the road there, another road there, a crossroad, it veered up, went up a four-foot bank into our yard and bounced across the front yard and into the through the brick wall and into the house. And uh, so we, his sister came by and asked if we found his glasses if we could bring them to the hospital for him you know that, that was only perry had and he said yeah if we find him but i mean i was looking at like a war zone in my den and i <laughs> thought there's no way i'll find those glasses but my mom found them and laid them on a front porch so when we sent our son back over there to check on the house uh he brought them back to the hospital and and i've always you know, never had too much trouble with the medical profession or everything, but I was so mad that day because at the, because of the HIPAA regulations. This man was laying in the room when they when Robbie took his glasses down there to him. They wouldn't tell us anything, whether he was dead or alive or anything else. And when Robbie took his, he went down to the main thing and found out like, like he was a visitor and found out what room he was in. He said when he walked into this man's room, and told him who he was. He said the first thing out of his mouth is, please tell me I didn't kill your dad. Mm. And he, Robbie said he could see the monitors just going haywire on this man. Mm. And Robbie told him, he says, just chill out, man. He said, dad's gonna be fine. He said, they'll let him go home later on. And uh, he said he could just see the monitors coming down. Mm. And that was one time when I was really aggravated that they didn't at least say, hey, he's gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I understand about medical regulations and all that, but for somebody that already had a heart problem, and uh, but they put a pacemaker in the next day, and uh, hmm. he's, as far as we know, he's still around. There you go. <laughs> uh, but it's just, God has such a way of protecting us at times when we don't even know we need protecting. Hmm. I mean, he knew ahead of time that all of that was going to happen, and it was just, he was just there for us. Yeah. And everybody says, you know, oh, how did you put up with that? You know, just like, <laughs> you know, you don't put up with it. You just thank God that he was there. Yeah. But I told Dan, I said, you know, he's got something he wants you to do. So, hmm. and it turned out that later on we ended up moving in with my parents to take care of them as they got older, and we wouldn't have been able to do that. Hmm. 
had we still been down there in Buford. Yeah, awesome. Well, I mean, so. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I mean, just thinking about, Mr. Dan, your story. I mean, thinking about how you were minding your business in a tree stand one day. Yeah. God pulled you out of the tree stand <laughs> yeah. to go talk to a pastor, get saved, and then later in your life, Supposed to be in church. You're sitting at home in the family room, and God takes you off the couch and into a wall. But you know, just thinking about—I mean, thinking about the picture of you know this truck coming through your house, and you flying across your living room, hitting the wall, moving the wall six inches, and you walking away from that with just scratches. I mean, um, you know, what what do you do with that? Like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm sure you've thought about that. Like, what do you think? What what have your thoughts been about that since then? I'm just glad he's with me. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Yeah. He could have given me advance warning, you know, and I'd have stayed in the living room, but <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It, and one thing else that came of this, too, is a couple of years later, our oldest son had con- uh, throat cancer. And we were able to go over and spend the last five weeks of his life helping to care for him and everything. Mm-hmm. So that we wouldn't have been able to do that if we'd still been working and, you know, having to mm-hmm. everything there in Buford. But uh, God just, he, he works out things when we don't know they need to be worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, I just want to, you know, thinking about, God's providence. A lot of people have kind of described God's providence as his unseen hand working and moving in your life. Um, a lot of people kind of get uncomfortable when they hear that. They're like, well, I don't want God's hand moving in my life. I want my life to be what I want it to be. Um, I mean, y'all have kind of spoken to it already, the opportunities you've gotten to take care of family, um, the fact that you're still here even. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about your story of how you got saved. You were sitting in a deer stand. God started, you know, you had this uncomfortableness in your heart. Mm-hmm. God started working and moving in your life. You know, God could have caused that strap on the tree stand to break and you'd been in the ground dead just, just then. I mean, none of us deserve the next second. Um, so um, how, um, how has God shaped the way that you see every day out of, what happened with the with the accident? Just, I've had like, what, nine surgeries? Mm-hmm. And I'm not worried about a one of them. <laughs> not a one of them has bothered me. Because I knew if something happened where I was going. Mm. So it didn't bother me at all. Mm. Have all them surgeries and stuff. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for a story. And I know uh, it. I know that people listening are going to be amazed by the story. I and, promise we didn't uh, make it, it up. No, no, it, it's it's cool because you 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 see like news articles about this. Like once every like crazy accidents and people walk away with not a scratch. And you know you always hear somebody go, well, like man, like I wonder what. I wonder why God would have let them walk away without a scratch or, you know, I, I wonder what's going to happen to them later in life. You know, I've thought that before, like, you know, you see, uh, there was an accident on 85 not long ago where, um, a trucker got in a really bad wreck. And if you saw the truck, you'd be like, Oh, he's dead. 
and he walked away without a scratch. Mm-hmm. And when, when that happened, I thought, like, man, I wonder what God's going to do. Like, I, I wonder why God kept him alive. Um, like, is he not saved yet? Does he need to hear the gospel? Like, I, I wonder why. Um, it's cool, though, to sit down with somebody who's been in one of those situations and to hear them say, well, here's why. You know, God does have a plan. God is working. Um, and God has been faithful. And uh, you guys have got to continue to live a life. Um, that's honoring and glorifying to God by, you know, working and living with your family and helping them. So uh, I'm thankful for you guys and thank you for you guys coming on, taking your time tonight. And I uh, hope if you're listening, you were encouraged by that. And we hope to have you back next week. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information on how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have questions about today's episode or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day.